Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Ying Yang the Podcast, episode 14. Tonight, we are going to be live streaming to YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, and Riverside. You should see all of them come through right now. And we're doing something a little bit different this this week. Um, so this week, being that the new year is so close, you know, we have like three weeks and it's a whole new year. Sheena and I talked and we really want to prepare everybody for strategies for effective wealth building. So that's kind of Sheena's thing. Um, <laughs> you know, Ying's not, um, I'm more of a hippie, you know. So um, if you can't tell, I just I just came home from a cruise. I went out to Keiko's in Amber Cove, Dominican Republic. It was you look phenomenal. Super cute. Thanks, thanks. Yeah, I had my, so I got my hair braided out on the beach there. It took them like 20 minutes to just braid it. It was super cool. Um, but... <clears throat> Um, but, but it's really important to us that you have the tools and resources you need. Um, so tonight we're doing something a little bit different. I'm going to lay low. I'm going to ask a few questions here and there, but Sheena's going to talk to y'all about some really important things. Of course, before we start, we're going to play that disclosure for y'all. So I'm going to go ahead and play that now so that we have it out one Yang moment. Yang the podcast does not own rights to any background music or noise you may hear. This podcast is completely opinion-based and may include adult content, adult language, and verbiage not suitable for any underage viewers. Information found in this podcast may not contain exact accuracy as it is opinion-based. Please listen at your own risk. All right. Now, with that being said, I just want to remind people that if you have any questions throughout this, make sure that you put the questions either on Riverside or on Facebook, as I do not live answer questions on YouTube or Twitch. So with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to Miss Sheena. Go ahead and do your thing, Yang. Hello, everyone. Good. I'm sorry, y'all. Y'all have to bear with me. I am feeling a little under the weather, but I am going to make it through. But I'm glad everybody is doing good tonight. I'm going to talk to y'all a little bit about my stable wealth um, and what I do there with my business. It's a wealth build, wealth building, um, basically wealth management and financial services. Um, tonight, we're going to talk about a little bit about strategies for effective wealth building because let's talk about it let's be honest wealth generational wealth is very uh important it's one of those topics that need to be prioritized at the forefront um so you can um set your family up so they won't have to be struggling financially because you know um many of us nowadays struggle um in all aspects of our life so finances is not one of those areas we want to continue to struggle so let's talk about some strategies some tips and bits on saving and some budgeting i'm just gonna dive right on in um this um the first part i want to talk to y'all about is budgeting and saving um because creating a, a personal budget plan is fundamental it's very important when you have um a saving a budgeting budget plan in place so you can um, stay focused on your goals um so 
So really, you can't really achieve any goals or, or hit your goals if you don't have that plan in place. So you don't want to just you don't go in there without um a, a outline of what you want to do. Like your goals need to be identified. You need to have a plan on how you're going to get those goals. So that's first creating a personal budget plan so you can know exactly where you're going to go down that road, what your end result is going to be and what you're working towards. So we need to keep that in mind um, when you're making your goals and you're planning out your budget and what you want to save to. Um, you want to start by gathering the information on uh, you know, how much you make, your income, your salary, your bonuses. Tie all of that in to your regular income and see how much uh, and set that budget um, about how much you're going to put up to savings um, out of that budget. You want to look at all of your bills, like what you have to pay, your monthly bills, and see exactly what's feasible. Um, for you to put up and save and just stick with with that amount. You want to do a comfortable amount that you're, you know, you can put up and save and not go back and touch it. And that should be a, a feasible amount that you can do every pay period or every month, whichever is easier um, for you. Um, you want to look at um, those monthly expenses that's fixed. So you can just, you know, schedule that out. You know, your rent is paid every month. You know, utilities have to be paid a month, insurance, loan payments, car payments. So you can easily just schedule that out, plan that out for the whole month, what pay period, what check is coming out. So you can budget all of that out and you can budget how much you can save or you're going to put up in savings out of each check and just um, go through your year like that. And that's how you get to your savings goals. Cause at the end of the year, you can see how far you came when you see that savings account keep going up and up. Cause we all want to see that. Um, so some smart spending um, strategies, excuse me, y'all. Um, you want to be mindful of that too, with your savings plan as well. You want to make sure that you, uh, not out here, you know, eating out every day. Um, look at what you're actually doing, your habits, your spending habits. This is where you want to zone in on those spending habits and see where you can cut back. You know, I know certain foods I don't buy generic, like my cereal. <laughs> I don't know about y'all, I can't buy generic cereal, but I can buy generic sugar, so I can save a couple of dollars, you know, on that. But you do want to take out, look at what you're spending and see what you can, you know, cut back on to you know, every bit say, you know, counts to put in that savings account. Even if it's like $5, your $5, you know, more in your savings account, and that's going to count in the long run. So you just want to adopt those um, smart spending strategies, smart spending habits, you know, you know, I'm not saying never treat yourself because we all need those little moments where we go out and we want to splurge, have us a little cheat day. So that's fine. Just don't do it in excessive. When we do it in excessive spending like that, that's when um, those issues arise when we're running through our savings and we're not saving uh, or budgeting like we're showing, like we need to be or we're blowing our budget. So you just want to make sure those impulses, avoid those impulse buys. I know we just had Black Friday. I didn't really buy enough Black Friday, but I know some of y'all, Amanda, did you spend for Black Friday? No, I um, I yeah. avoided stores for Black Friday because I will spend. And that's actually, that's one of the biggest problems. I don't want to say problems because I am really good at saving um, and I'm really good at a plan. Like I can tell you, you, you brought up a really good point a minute ago about, you know, those little things that we don't pay attention to. I used to be a Starbucks daily kind of person. 
And then I had gotten this app on my phone that told you like where you spend the most money and stuff like that. And it told me that I was spending like $240 a month at Starbucks. Oh, really? Which is, and that's for us, that's $7 a day on coffee. If you think about it, you know, that's what a lot of people do. They hit that Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts first thing in the morning. They get that coffee real. Um, but when I realized I was spending that kind of money, that's when I switched over also, you know, I, I think I've been very open with everybody about that mushroom coffee. It's only 30 bucks a month. I just do need to you try know, that. So, oh, yeah. so I save $200 a month by just switching the coffee that I drink. Yeah. That's and the what, coffee's um, better for me. So That is, and I think I'm going to touch base on that later on in, uh, in the podcast. But yeah, that is uh, a good point to cut out. Um, when you, you're looking at your, what you can do, like you're going to Starbucks every day. You don't have to start making notes that, um, coffee at home, you can save a whole lot of money. My thing mm-hmm. was like, when I go to my jobs, I, I don't like to pack lunch and I used to eat out almost every day when lunchtime comes. Oh, that's like, hey, so much go. money. Yes. That's where my problem was, was just like, you no. Know, so I had to like get in my mind, like, you know, you just need to cook something at home, pack your lunch or, you know, take, go to the grocery store, buy a snack or something. So you're not, you know, spending excessive money on lunch every day. Cause listen, that little eight, $10 lunch adds up. That adds you're doing up. It it's like 300 bucks a month, mm-hmm. you know, so you thing. do that times 12 and boom. You know, mm-hmm. all of a sudden you're spending three grand a year on lunch. Right. Because this thing, if you're working your a regular full-time nine-to-five Monday through Thursday, you spend $10 a day on lunch. That's $50 a week, you know, that you could cut, cut back and put in savings if you just, you know, make your food at home. So some mm-hmm. things, you know, we have to uh, make a change when we want to follow a budget and make the next change, but I should say sacrifice. We could sacrifice some things um, when you want to um, have a saving goals. When you have goals in place, you have a certain amount you want to save. Um, you have to make those sacrifices. And I actually have, I'm, not, I'm going to be publishing out on my um, website this week, or by the end of next week, I should have it out there available. It's going to be actual savings plans. I want to get that out there to everybody um, before the first of the year, which is going to help you save, I believe it's $10,000 by the end of the year. So um, it's like every month you have, um, it's really cool. And I'll put it out there on the website so y'all can save it. So it's like this little thing you can check off every month or every week on how much you save. So if you follow it, um, by the end of the year, you've been you would have had saved $10,000. So I think that's pretty cool. And well, yeah, that. and that's perfect. You said that you'd have that up before the first of the year. Mm-hmm. Well, yes. then let me know once it's up and I'll share it over to the podcast page for everybody there too. So Go that y'all too. have access. Yes, yes. I think it's really cool and I want to have it available. So anybody who wants to get a jump start at the beginning of the year on saving, um, I think that would be an awesome plan because it's a whole 365-day plan to save $10,000. So I'm going to definitely have that out there on the website and I'll let you know when it's available. Um, Another thing I want everybody to keep in mind that about strategies for building wealth is you have to have an emergency fund like for that rainy day. I know our grandparents used to say, a little mad money or a little rainy day fun. 
Um, you want to keep that in mind too when you're saving. You don't want to have savings just, you know, in case anything comes up. Um, prioritize your savings. You have one savings account for just emergency funds, another savings account because you want to buy, make a big purchase. But you always need that one, those savings that you're not going to touch just in case emergency uh, or a financial setback arrives and you have some funds. So you know how life is unpredictable and we all been down that road where we wish we had. I know I have and I wish I had that emergency fund and available. Just this year when I ran into my health issues, I had a little savings up and I had to go through that savings when I had to take out for my, um take off work for my surgery. So those emergency savings plans come in and you never know. You had those unexpected events come up. So you do want to start. It's never too early to go ahead and start building an emergency fund. You got one of those, Amanda? Well, I was about to ask a question. So I do. Um, And what I actually did is I, at the beginning of this year, I paid off like all of my small credit cards. Mm-hmm. so that I would have those cards to fall back on for an emergency fund and so that I could kind of be debt-free this year. Um, so kind of two and a one, you know. But um, yeah. but I just want to say, you know, a year ago today even, I was the kind of person where I was like one blown tire away from not being able to make bills, you know. And I've been there. And it's it's one of those things where if you really put in the focus, you can get that money set aside. You just really mm-hmm. got to focus on it. And, and I'm not going to lie, it's hard. It's, it is. Especially when you're used to living paycheck to paycheck and you're used to just doing whatever you want. You know, when you, you decide to angry. actually focus it, you do. I you tell do, people and it's hard. Time, before you want to change, you got to get angry. And I do that, um, tell the people that too, over on my life coaching with my stable mind too. It's like, I, I have a quote that I usually quote with my clients, but I used, I tell them that if you want to make a change, you're not going to change a habit or you're not going to break a habit until you get angry. You got to get mad. Um, and sick and tired of being sick and tired of your situation or that habit for you to change it. And I'll mm-hmm. tell them, get angry, get mad. You're, Cause you're not going to change it until you're sick and tired of it. So you're not going to change the fact that you don't have a savings or emergency fund or that you're living ch- paycheck to paycheck unless you get tired of being in that spot. You're going to get angry and mad and going to want something different bad enough that you're going to do right. all the sacrifices that you need, whether it's working two jobs, whether it's cutting back um, on your lunch, <laughs> eating lunch, or whether it's buying name brands. Like, you know, I had to cut back on my my name brands. Some of the stuff, you know, you can buy the store brand it's and it tastes just fine. It can be as simple as I can tell you the biggest thing that I did to cut back on my spending. Oh, mm-hmm. y'all ignore the thunder in my background. Um, oh, I was like, what is that? Is something wrong? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no, we apparently are having a storm. But um, I didn't even <clears> – <throat> sorry, my throat is going. My voice is leaving too. But oh. I didn't even know we were having a storm until I got off the boat and halfway here and started checking the weather. And I was like, oh, man. Oh, okay, anyways. Yeah. um. <laughs> But I can tell you the two things that I did for myself to start creating or paying off those debts and getting those credit cards for the emergency fund. And I know this sucks to say out loud, especially if you're a girly girl like me, but I stopped paying other people to do my lashes. 
and I taught myself how to do the magnetic lashes Mm -hmm. um, because I was spending like $80 every three weeks on my lashes. And I was spending, yeah, I get that. (laughs) And I was spending $60 every three weeks on getting my nails done. I said that was me with the nails. That's $140 every three weeks I was spending just to feel better about myself. All I did was I spent $10 and bought gel polish (laughs) at my house and my little $10 light. (laughs) And I bought $20 magnetic lashes. And I taught myself how to do it. And I was able to save all that money all year to pay off all those debts that I had. And that's sometimes it's just something as little or as simple as that is is taking the time to focus or teach yourself something. And no, you don't have a bunch of time as adults, but you have 20 minutes to paint your nails and you have 10 minutes to put your lashes on. You can do those things. You can work that into your busy schedule. Oh, yeah. I I had to make that sacrifice, too. Girl, I was paying like $120 every two weeks to get my toes and nails done and acrylic Mm -hmm. nails. I cut that out. I do my own hair now, and I got (laughs) press-ons. Yeah. I got my $6 press-ons and the glue, and I press my nails on, and I pocket the rest. And it is... you know, once I get to my save, reach my saving goals and I'm comfortable with my savings and my emergency funds, I might go back to um, treat myself to get my nails done because, you know, we have those nail techs out there that needs that need help, you know, they need clients and they make a living on doing nails. So I give back. That's one of the ways I get back is going to local businesses and spending my, I would say my heart on money, my money to local businesses and people who want to do more with their craft. Um, But right now I have a goal that I'm going to save. So it's just cut out my budget for right now. But once I hit my savings goals, I might go back and treat myself. And y'all remember when y'all do treat yourselves, go to those local people. Don't go to Mm -hmm. the big corporations. Put money in, you know, the people in your area's mouths. You know, don't give it to the big corporations. And I'm not I'm not talking trash. I'm just saying I would rather feed a family than feed right. a billionaire. Right. That's somebody who's who's struggling doing things themselves. They're getting their business off the ground and they're trying to mm-hmm. um do their own thing. I support, you know, small businesses, yes. Um, those nail techs that, that out there you don't have to go to the big businesses some local businesses they need help representing if you want to represent that's a good idea i'll do that as well but yeah girl so another thing i want to talk about is that um just to touch base on briefly is investing for your future so you want to keep that in mind to allocate some resources to grow wealth over time because investments can um be there for you as part of building wealth. Like, you know, I have assets like stocks and bonds, real estate, mutual funds, that retirement plans, the 401k. You want to have a retirement. You want to keep that in mind because just think about it. We're all not going to work into, you know, we're 100. I I know I don't want to be 100 years old trying to, you know, work 40 hours a week. That's just not going to, not start in my plan. No, not mine either. I'm not trying to do that. I'm trying to retire at 50. If I can retire mm-hmm. at 50 and not have to punch nobody clock after that, then yeah, I, that's that's where I'm, my goal is. 
So you want to just keep that in mind that you, there are investment plans out there. Uh, I mean, investment is a, a big part of wealth building, and they do have some plans out there. So if you want to start, and it's never too late, you guys, um, to start thinking about retirement, your retirement. You should start retire- thinking about that right now if you don't already have a plan in place what you going to do for retirement because i guarantee you right now social security if it's still available it is not going to be that much you're not going to be um to be able to i'm not going to say you're not going to be able to support yourself but it's not going to be enough unless you enjoy eating bologna sandwiches which i don't want to retire and have to eat a bologna sandwiches every day so you want to think about your retirement (laughs) you want to think Mm -hmm. now about budgeting and saving so instead of buying $300 Jordans (laughs) um get you some felines I ain't gonna say felines felines was back in the day remember when we was in high school did you have a pair of felines in the back of the day I'm surprised that came to my head I know felines is not in don't don't come for me because I know felines is not in right now I know that but back but in the they day, were when we were growing up. Yeah, when we was in high school, we, everybody had a pair you, of felines. Yeah, you started school every year with a pair of felines and a pair of classic Reeboks. That's just how it worked. Reeboks, yeah. And now they sell Reeboks right at Walmart. I used to love for me a pair of Reeboks. I started every now, school with classic Reeboks. <laughs> yes, but now you couldn't even wear your Reeboks now because people laugh at you. But just saying, back in the day... When I was in school, you had you a pair of Felines and, and Reeboks. And New Balances mm-hmm. was, a, the, was the other good show. Yeah. But anyway, I'm just saying, don't do excessive spending. You want to take, you know, cut that in half, get you a cheaper shoe. Take $100 if you have 100 or you can afford a budget, $100 a month, and put that aside for your retirement plan. You can get a retirement policy um, out there, and if you... You know, you need help, you want to learn more information about that, just let me know. I would definitely, you know, go into it uh, more details with you one-on-one if you need to. But, yes, get you a retirement plan. Think about, don't X out um, investing for the future. That's what I want to say. Don't X it out. Even though you're not me, because, like, I'm not too big on stocks and bonds. Like I said, I know a lot of, um, um, I know a a little bit about, you know, buying stocks and bonds and investments i want to learn more but it is i do know enough that it is a good um way to build for the future so just keep that in mind if even if you don't know a lot about it just know that it's available and out there um also you want to for all my parents out there don't forget about saving for education saving for college because you want to start early with saving for college and setting up your child's future because you don't want them I know I don't want my son so I'm just saying I don't about student loans because listen I got hella five student loans out there and that is hovering over my head like what I'm gonna do with these online student loans so what I want to do with my son is to set him up so he will have to not have to you know take out student loans at all luckily hopefully um but are you, you know, gonna talk that. to him about those 300 dollars shoes he wears too yeah 
Girl, I don't buy them shoes no more. I had already talked to him about cutting that out the budget. Listen, we're yeah, not. His granny will buy them. <laughs> <laughs> they ain't coming out of my budget. I'm going to just say that. <laughs> my budget is set up for no Jordans. Like, we're not doing this. You can get some Crocs, some Uggs, slides. Mm-hmm. I can, and he's into that now. He's 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 really into his Crocs and his Ugg slides. So I ain't even got to worry about buying Jordans no more because he he didn't jump on that Croc uh, wave and he got to have his Crocs. So unless he want to buy like twenty pair of Crocs, so he's good. I could I can I can you know budget the Crocs <laughs> all day long. Um, but yes. Those excessive spending habits, you got to cut them out, especially when you want to get focused. And I want everybody to start thinking about this going into the new year, too, because you want to get a game plan. And it's a perfect time to go ahead and budget and have a game plan set up. So that's that momentum. At the beginning of the year, you got the New Year's, you got your New Year's resolutions. Use that as a momentum to inspire you to go ahead and set you a budget, get you a goal savings plan, and just work on it throughout the year and even if you fumble and um a little bit or you have a week where you just got so much going on you can't save don't beat yourself up about it but just don't quit just say okay i'm gonna set this pay period out can't save but you know what i'm not gonna let it get me down next pay period i'm gonna go harder and we're gonna save and work to save just don't quit you just keep going so you will have those moments where you can't save like you want to or you have to get off a budget Fine, just take those heels as they come, but just don't quit. You just want to keep moving forward, but you don't want to quit. Um, and I'm going to end on savings and budgeting with, like, for those couples out there. You want to, you got a family, you you together, got your husband, wife, your, what you say, Amanda, your um, life partner. My life partner. partner. Life, yeah, your partner in life. Yes, that's what you, I call mine, my life partner. Yes, you want to um, go ahead and. Make sure you discuss the financing together. You want to be on the same page um, as well as with your goals. So you have those shared goals. So you want to be on the same page and with achieving them. Um, establish clear financial goals, saving for the home, education, vacations, working together to create that um, budget and make sure that it aligns, your objectives align together. So uh, make sure y'all cutting out, you know, things together you don't want to be like the one like now with my ex I'm just gonna talk about me for a second I know I know Amanda you can chime in a little bit but I know with my ex used to do his own thing you know spending on the side they don't want to contribute to the household and then it makes you know a burden on the finances when you have one more than the other pulling you know going for savings and having a saving budget but your significant other is out here wilding <laughs> spending the check before it gets into the household mm-hmm. you don't want to do that <laughs> you don't want to do that you want to make sure you're on the same page and if you are in a situation like that you probably need to reevaluate your situation because your finances need to be on well, one accord i want to just add one tiny little thing onto that like Y'all, we not 15 no more. We're not 20. We're not 25. We grown. Accountability has to come into play somewhere. It's not cute if you with a dude and every time y'all get a little bit of money in the bank, he want to start a new business. Like, that that ain't cute, man. Right. You know, 
he wanna all of a sudden he you know last week he was he was gonna open a car wash and now y'all got some money he gonna open a landscape business man no y'all stop dealing with these people to do so that deal with people that add to the savings right you know and they're not adding to the savings they're not adding to the future yeah you're not on you know, the same that's what it comes, Yeah, that's what it comes down to. Like, either we're going to build a future together, or I'm going to build one alone, and I'm going to reap the benefits from it. Right. Period. Get on get on through, because I can save, and I can reap the benefits of my saving plan and my mm-hmm. budget. And I make sure that, you know, it's an account where I only have access to it, so I know you ain't spurging or running through it. Mm-hmm. Girl, they will drive you crazy, and if you're not on the same mindset, you would not be hitting the same goals, and it's just going to be a financial headache. So you want to make sure right. you are discussing your financing. Are y'all all on the same page? I have some shared goals, um, so you will can do it together. If y'all going to be together, that's one of the things y'all have to be on the same mindset with. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you say that because, ooh, child, that that ex of mine had put me through it. Yeah, so, same. Yes, girl. Let's on a lighter note. Well, I'm gonna go ahead and go ahead and start talking about some ways we can um, make this coin. Um, okay. Yes. Yeah. How do how do we set up? How do we set up some yeah some extra money? Because you know. These day and age, your, your jobs only pay your bills. Right. These days and age, you need more than one uh, income stream to survive. Mm-hmm. That uh, one income household where the, the the father work and the mom stays home and raise the family. Girl, Those I mean, you could. Gone. They're going to be far mm-hmm. gone unless... Unless daddy got a, a real, really good job. But average, we both need to be working. We both need to have some side hustles. We both need to have mm-hmm. some multiple streams of income coming in so we can live like we're comfortable. Because at the end of the day, we just need to be comfortable. But you, you can't be comfortable nowadays without just one income. So I'm going to talk to you right now about some passive income um ways that you can make some income to have a side hustle. You can have your nine to five. And you can, that's steady. It's good. I don't know nobody who try to have a nine to five and a side hustle because sometimes that steady income, um, that steady check every every two weeks or every week, however you get paid, is is something that you need to um count on. Mm-hmm. But you got to have flexibility. You want to have flexibility with your finances and your income sources. So, some passive income ideas you can. Um, if you're into real estate, you can do some real estate. Get your real estate license. Um, check with your your state. Um, it's the course is not that much. Around five, six hundred dollars. You can have your real estate license, and you can do some real estate part time on the side. You can do some um, property manager. Get you some property rentals, Airbnbs. Um, I do have some information as well, but there's gonna be a, a abundance of information out on the website. So make sure. Um, I'm going to let you know when I get all of that out there and available coming the beginning of the year. Um, I'm going to be sharing a lot with you guys. But uh, have you some Airbnbs? Those are really good right now. A lot of people are tapping into that industry for that extra income because it's 
Um, we have those families that's going on vacation. They don't want to rent the hotels because it's such a headache to rent a hotel now. So Airbnb mm-hmm. um, is really good right now. So you can have those real estate investments. You can either, if you've got creative uh, mind, you can create digital products such as ebooks, online courses, some photographs. There's a lot of things you can do um, and sell those online. You got digital, you got Etsy. Etsy's a big platform where you can make stuff and sell online and make some sales. Hit up your local flea market um, and sell some things. So you can have um, that as a passive income idea. I know affiliate marketing is out there um, where you can promote products for other companies like or services and they pay you like a commission on um, how many sales you help them generate. Usually you'll get like a referral link that you share with your friends, families, or strangers or social media. You share this referral link. They'll click on it. Whoever um, clicks on it and buys from your link, you'll get a paid a commission. So that's passive income. There's other um, doubling back with selling products. You can do drop shipping. Drop shipping, you don't have to touch the inventory, have inventory or touch it. You can get it from the supplier to ship it directly, fulfill it and ship it directly to your customers. And you just keep the difference as a profit. So you can look into drop shipping as a passive income as well. So there's different ways out there. Um, to have passive income is basically um, whatever you like to do or if you have a hobby, you can pretty much turn it into a passive income um, stream so you can get that coin, girl. Right. So right. You- well, and there's so many different side hustles and things out there these days. You just got to find what fits best for you and your right. lifestyle. You know, I do mm-hmm. a lot of freelance writing on the side. There are thousands of websites that pay you to write content for them Mm -hmm. there's also you can do like freelance editing um you know depending on how much you like to read you know there's so many different things you can do for side hustles now passive income is typically income that you don't have to touch like the drop shipping and the real estate Mm -hmm. and stuff like that so you know those are really good ideas as long as you have the credit and the finances up front to support those ideas So, but if you're just getting started with some kind of, you know, side hustle or passive income, you know, I know that Yang, not Ying, Yang knows a bunch of information about some different things that you could do, Um, unless it has something to do with writing, editing, or podcasts. Ying kind of stays out of that stuff. Y'all just yeah. call Yang. <laughs> Y'all get with her. Yes. She's our wealth management. So and stay tuned to the end of the podcast because I'm going to drop some good information if you want to learn more about passive income ideas and how to get started. So, yes, I do. That's my look. My, my cup of tea, I should say. <laughs> it's her niche. Niche. There go the word I was looking for. <laughs> Yeah, so passive income is definitely um ways out there. And it's good to see that you you do need to have um good good decent credit um to get like you said to do the real estate and stuff. There are ways um I was going to say there are different grants and stuff that you can get out to help you start a passive income or a you know, side hustle or small business. And I can um, touch base on that as well. If you want to know more information about the grants and stuff that's available. But yeah, there are ways to get going, even if you don't have the credit 
or the finances to get going, if you're really dedicated to getting it or you really want to do it, there is a way. You know how that old saying goes, where there's a will, there's a way. Um, yeah. That's basically it. It's a, if there's, you have a will enough, you determination enough to do it, there is a way to get it done. But that's the key. You got to do it. You can't just be like, oh, I'm going to wake up tomorrow and right. I'm going to own an Airbnb and I'm going to get some money from it. You got to put in the work. You and it's hustle. work, y'all. Yeah. It's a, way, it's a reason why they call it a side hustle because, girl, you going to be hustling. You got to hustle. It ain't going to fall in your lap. That's for sure. Well, I'm glad I mean, you spoke on about uh, credit. Credit is a really... um necessary tool to have and and I wish that so many of us growing up, I know I, when I was uh fresh out of high school I wish people had told me about credit I wish they'd talk about credit in high school too and they not, absolutely how, should I they you know should, I've written multiple courses for teachers to try to do that and none of them ever do it because you can't get approval from the school board for things like that but I think that I think that honestly they should teach them credit and how to balance their accounts like checkbooks and things like that before you ever leave school because these kids are out here going crazy in college with credit cards and student yeah. loans And then coming out 30 years old, you know, well, I say 30, coming out of, you know, college 24 years old, already 100K in debt. Girl, I've been through it. In my early 20s, when I started getting them credit cards, I was all willy-nilly, all in. You know, so remember um, Circuit City was back in the day. I'm, I'm, I'm bringing up all these. I'm, I'm dropping name bombs. You showing, so, yeah, you showing your age. You, you about to talk yeah. about Blockbuster too? <laughs> I was just about to say that I'm showing, really showing my age. Honestly, you remember Circuit City? That was one of my first store credit cards I had was from Circuit City. Radio Shack had one of them bad boys too. <laughs> Girl, that and Fingerhut was like my first one. You couldn't tell me nothing. I was just getting stuff. <laughs> I was just out there buying and then it was like sending me a bill. Oh, I really gotta pay it back. Okay. <laughs> oh man, now I gotta get a job. Yeah, I mean, but that's how all of us were because nobody right. taught us about credit. Right, because they they didn't and you would think and they really made it so where you thought you was getting a dog dynamite deal like oh mm-hmm. i only gotta pay back five dollars a month i can afford that and that's how they reel you in to apply for it because you'd be like oh your payments is only going to be you know five dollars a month or ten dollars a month and you thinking hey i'm getting some money you know my Meanwhile, little job that in ten dollars a month is only covering your interest on that right. credit card you don't know about interest and you don't two years down the line your interest is more than that that cd player you didn't charge mm-hmm. and you wonder why you didn't probably brought that thing three times over and you still got to pay it off and you was like what did I get myself into and a lot of people just let it go it's like okay it's just gonna be on my credit not thinking that it's really gonna mess you up in the long run and when you are mature enough and you want to settle down and you go out to make that big purchase like your house or your car and they looking at you like well, you do got this credit card on here from Circus City and that is all messed up and it got your credit all messed up. Then you're wondering why you can't purchase the house and then you have to go and do credit repair just to get the things you want. 
And I just wanted to say real quick because um, we do have somebody in Facebook comments. Um, Ms. Reed said that she completely agrees with us. Credit most definitely should have been talked about in school. Um, you know, and she's a little bit, Ms. Reed's a little bit younger than me, but that just goes to show that it's not just our generation. You know, it's not mm-hmm. just something that happened to the people that are in their, you know, mid to late 30s. It happened to people that are still in their 20s. I mean, it's happening to teenagers. My stepson, you know, when he was in school, they he never, I'm just now able to start teaching him about credit because it was never talked about to him. Um, and I mean, it's not, he, he wasn't in my household long-term or anything like that. So it's not like I could talk to him about that then, but he's just now starting to learn about it and he's coming from a good place. You know, he didn't, he didn't have a bunch of time to mess it up yet, which is great. Yeah, that's really Um, great. (laughs) But the flip side to that is now he has to build without messing it up. And that's the thing. That's the hard part because, you know, now that he knows that credit's out there and that he can use it for something, everybody gets a little trigger happy, you know? Oh, yeah. Everybody. When I first got out there. But when you do mess it up, what do you do? What are your options? Like you feel, I don't know about other people, you know, I don't, I can't speak on other people's, you know, but when I realized that I had screwed my credit up and I didn't screw my credit up bad, like from. I didn't do credit cards, like a whole bunch of credit cards. I didn't. I had a couple, but I paid them. You know, where I screwed up my credit is medical bills the first time I had to go through cancer. Um, so medical bills, my first round of chemo, I came out of pocket like 22 grand that year. Oh, wow. And so all of my credit cards fell behind. All of my bills fell behind. You know, half of my salary that year was medical bills. So that's when things kind of fell behind for me. And I contemplated bankruptcy so many times because I didn't know what my options were because people don't, you know, (laughs) when you go to somebody and you're like, Hey, my credit's screwed. I can't get a car. I can't get a house. There's nothing I can do. Nobody told me about the options that you taught me about. I know you're going to talk about it, but nobody had taught me about those options. So it's like the the knowledge isn't even out there for people to know that there's ways to fix it. Mm-hmm. There are ways to fix your credit now, but I I want to be big on you know being proactive, mm-hmm. knowing and understanding credit enough so you don't mess it up. Because right. and that's what I want to do for my son as well. Like, listen, you I want him to, when he graduates from high school to know how important his credit is or keeping a good credit line because I wish somebody had to did that for me because I you know where I went wrong at being too nice and co-signing for everybody you know you, you want to co-sign for mm-hmm. car I'm being nice okay we mm-hmm. dating and I can co-sign. And if you're you not know. family, don't call me on that. Like, <sighs> no, no. You know, if you're not, like, but, and even with family, you got to be careful, mm-hmm. you know, because you never know, you know, you're, it could be your closest sister, man. Like, it could be your brother. It could be your mm-hmm. sister-in-law. Man, it could be your mother. Sitting around co-signing for people if you're not absolutely positive. Because you also got to think that once you co-sign for that person, what happens when your car goes out? Who won't co-sign for you? Not a soul. You know, you got to be able to make sure you can get a car, that you can get that loan. If you co-sign on somebody else's house, 
what happens when you want your own house? You're just going to move in with that person. Because that's going to be your they only option. They don't tell you. And that's what you people can't get don't understand. <laughs> you, they don't tell you all of the, you know, the small print stuff. That if you co-sign for things, like you said, co-sign for somebody else to get a car, or get a house, that you can't, you can't go, you know, you can't go and get it for yourself. Yeah, because then and you I, would have to prove you have the income to pay for two vehicles. Right. And I know in my early 20s, I was like, I ain't gonna lie. I wasn't even thinking about settling down and buying a house. And and somebody, you know, you dating somebody, they come to you, oh, can you co-sign me the car? I got good credit. Sure, I can help you out. Go down there and co-sign them. But now they didn't screwed you over. Your credit's messed up. And you don't know that it's going to stick so with they you. they messed up like, your credit and your heart. That's yeah, what happens. <laughs> credit and your heart is down the trash. And you stuck with it for seven years because it's got to sit there and you got to look at it because it ain't going nowhere. It ain't going to drop all. I mean, now you can fix it to where you can remove, have it removed mm-hmm. and stuff, but it's going to cost you and go through a whole bunch of headaches and stuff. But like, you got to think about it. People don't tell you that going in. Like if they screw you over, you, you got, that's the seven year going to attach to my hip. Almost like, you know, having a child, you got to, you know, raise that's when you have a baby you have to consider that you're going to have that expense not to mention there can be criminal prosecuting for some situations like let's say you co-sign for okay i'm gonna use your your example that you gave yang you know you co-sign for a dude so let's say that dude messes around and they say hey you ain't paid on the car in three months we're coming to repossess it and he goes and hides the car. They they can prosecute you criminally, both you and him, for that car being hidden, even though you might not know where it is. Oh yeah, they can do that. And or if they he doesn't uh, pay it, and now they're coming after you. You don't have the mm-hmm. money. You don't have the car. But you're next. Thing you know you're getting debt collection notices. You get an attorney because now you got attorney involved. They're gonna file suit. Now you got your wages being garnished, and yeah. it's a whole bunch of stuff that you they don't even tell you. Uh, but that person, they either got the car or got rid of the car. They MIA got them broke up, and now you're stuck with all this headache. But they're living their best life because right. they don't care, and you're taking all the heat for it. But now you got to go to court for a char charges that they they have ran up on your credit. But you got to go and settle with a debt collector, or you got to have your wages garnished, and you ain't even get the benefit of driving the dang on car. Right, you didn't even get to play in it or go hang out <laughs> in it or nothing because it was somebody else's car. But you you got to pay for it. Like no, you're not gonna garnish my wages, but they have legal right to. But you're sitting there like, how the hell I'm got my wages garnished for a car I co-sign, I co-sign on. I ain't even drive it. My ass ain't sit in it. I ain't got no. And you don't even got the car. Don't know where that person is or the car is. But you in court trying to settle a debt mm-hmm. and keep you um, from going under or bankrupt because you didn't do you was too nice and co-signed for somebody Mm -hmm. they don't tell you that going in you just think you're doing a good deed and you trust the person enough to do that and it's good if you have you trust and that person is trustworthy enough and you know they pay their bills on time and 
you know, y'all have an understanding, but some some people that just like see that as a way out or the way to use you to get what they want because they didn't mess their credit out. But you got to think about who you co-signing for. Are they responsible enough? Because why do they need a co-sign in the first place? Because they weren't responsible enough for their credit. So now they need a co-sign. So you got to take all of that in consideration as well when you decide to do things like that. But you have to be educated enough about your credit to know exactly what you're getting into. Because that person, I guarantee you, will make it sound like a really good deal. But you got to know... You got to know the ins and outs before you sign your name. Because once you sign your name. Done. Girl. Girl. You you, you didn't sign your soul over. Your credit is your soul. It's part of your soul. So you didn't sign your soul over to like it. So you sign <laughs> so your soul. Keep yourself a positive <laughs> soul number, guys. Positive soul numbers is what we're working on, okay? <laughs> <laughs> your credit is your lifeline. Let me tell you. In your early twenties, you don't think about credit. Are you thinking about going clubbing, partying, hanging out with your friends, getting your credit cards, getting that flashy new car, your flashy new clothes, and you living your best life. You ain't thinking about your credit. You ain't thinking about your credit score. You ain't thinking about none of that. You ain't thinking about um trying to buy a house, trying to settle down. You don't think how you ain't thinking about how heavy your credit is going to be when you want something. That you ain't right. got the money to buy. Either you're going to have the cash to buy it or you need credit. And nowadays, I don't I don't really know too many people who have $2.5 million sitting in their bank account to where they can buy everything they want to buy. So you're going to have to have And if y'all do credit. know that person, tell them to call me. Right. Call me too. We got some investment opportunities we can discuss. Right. <laughs> so you want to... The moral of this story is you got to and you want to establish and keep a positive credit history. Positive, be credit worthiness. And if you got somebody who ain't credit worthiness, you need to take another step back, reevaluate your situation before you sign or be a co-signer to that person. Because if they wasn't credit worthiness to keep up with their own credit, then... Nine out of ten times they ain't gonna they don't care about your credit. Right. So you want to make sure and monitor your credit. Don't be scared. It's your credit. I know some of these companies out here they want to charge you this and that, there's a look at your, your credit report and stuff, but you you have the right to know what's on your credit, to know your score and monitor that thing. You know what's going on with your credit. Don't be going out there in the blind. No, be accountable for your credit accounts, your payment history, any outstanding, all of that. Just make sure you stay on top of it. So something pop up or something's out the ordinary and you see some change that's not, you can be on top of it. Don't wait until you're mm-hmm. ready to go buy a house or buy a car and have them people pull your credit. Then you won't act surprised because you didn't see an account or something on your credit. You ain't got nothing. No, you don't know nothing about. Don't be that person. You're going to need to right. monitor your credit. Know what's on your credit. Pull your credit report. And, and every year, if not 
more than once a year, you should be pulling your credit report to know what's on it, to see where it's going. Make sure you stay in good, positive credit history. So, okay. Yeah, that's all I'm going to say about credit. There's no, no, know that. And so you won't be making the mistakes. I'm going to be trying to tell people that so they won't make the same mistakes I did about credit. Right. I wish somebody had to let me know. Right, in a positive way, you know. Mm-hmm. I remember hearing way. people say, you know, oh, don't mess your credit up. But I didn't know what that meant. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought that by getting credit cards, I was building credit. But you're only building credit if you have the means and the income to actually pay the payments back. On time. Right, without hesitation, without missing a payment. Because one missed payment will mess you up so much more. Than just not having anything. Or that utilization. People don't tell you about the utilization with the credit cards. Now, they give you a credit card and give you a $1,000 uh, credit limit. You think, oh, I got, I'm balling. I can spend up to $1,000. Technically, you can. But they don't understand that if you do spend up to your $1,000 limit, that looks bad on you. That looks bad on your credit. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to keep your utilization down so you can be in good standing and you can build your points up and um, have that high credit score. It's not that you have that. You know, it's good that you have a limit because if that emergency come up, then you have access to use that money to for that emergency. But keep in mind that that high utilization will damage your score more than not paying that and not paying your bills on time. Both right would damage and drop your scores um, versus helping your scores. Even if you paying your um, payments on time every month, if you have a high utilization on your credit, then that's hurting you as well. So people, um, I don't think people are. are a lot of people know the ins are out about the credit. Mm-mm, and that's another thing that I do with um, my stable um, wealth as well as educate and educate people about building wealth, not only about building wealth, but about their credit um, so they can know fully the ins and outs of their credit and how to establish and maintain good credit. Okay. Like, like I said, that credit is your life. Having good credit is your lifeline. I don't So want... you're saying that there's a way to help rebuild the credit or repair the credit and that that's a, one of the services that you offer, right? Correct. Yes. So awesome. I'm I'm going to end. I know we're wrap I'm getting close to twelve, so I'm just gonna um wrap up a okay. little bit by talking about my stable wealth. I'm gonna let you um And for um, those this... of you who haven't followed us prior to tonight or have just jumped on, my stable wealth is Yang's company. This is a company that she owns that she runs. Um occasionally she'll help me help her with a little bit of marketing materials, but this is fully her company and it's something she's been working on for a really long time. So go ahead, Sheena, sorry. No, you're perfectly fine. I love the little Shout out little tidbits. Um, but yeah, we're dedicated um to helping your financials be successful financially and secure and uh, securing that wealth for generations. I'm big on um building generational wealth, getting your finances in order. So basically like like the name say, my stable wealth, we want to be stable in your wealth building and stable in your finances. And that's what um I'm uh, part of the mission is with um my stable wealth is to help you with that stability in your finances, protecting your asset, building your wealth, getting 
planning for savings, planning for a comfortable retirement. Um, that's all very important and needs to be talked about, needs to keep you on the forefront. You don't want to wait until you're, um, you know, 65 and a half, and, you know, oh, let's talk about retirement. No, it's a little too late to talk about retirement when you're 65, but you want to, you know, be educated enough to start planning and, and know and talk about, it's not taboo. A lot of people you know, don't want to talk about finances. So I'm trying to, uh, with my stable wealth, is remove that taboo. Let's talk about our finances. Um, let's get a hold of it. It's it's not, um, not you know, not, not incriminating to talk about. Let's, you know, when you want to talk about wealth, you want to really get a, a hold of, you know, the knowledge behind making those, um, what I'm trying to say, I'm gonna lost my train of thought. Well, Getting in those um, positive with, uh, decisions. Me and your generation, and I don't know why this happened, but with me and your generation, it became this thing of like you don't talk about your finances with other people, and we got to remove that factor, y'all. I don't need to know how much money you make exactly. I don't, but we can talk about finances as grown people and move forward and help each other out. Yeah, You know, and that's exactly what Sheena does is, is she helps you build that, but you can't go to her and say, Hey man, I need some help with this and this and this, but I don't want to tell you nothing about my finances. How's she going to help you then? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. You don't want to put your finances on Facebook or blast it out there for the whole world, but you need to be know enough about finances to where you can make educated decisions. And that's right. what I'm, I'm here with my stable wealth is to educate. So you can make educated decisions about your finances. Um, so with the services that I do offer, I do offer life insurance policies. I do offer retirement plans, health insurance. I do have um, launching um, at the end of this month, beginning I will say the beginning of the year, credit repair services as well as bookkeeping services, and I do do um, wealth coaching. Um, I call it wealth coaching. I do coaching. I will build on um, coach you through savings and budgeting. Um, techniques. I help you with your goals if you have um, any type of goals um, that you want to reach with your finances. I, I do offer coaching where I help you get on track and set those goals and then be there with you um through the steps to achieve those goals i am um beginning of the year as well so i had a surprise for you beginning of the year as well uh, as part of my stable wealth we'll be launching a membership site called invested minds and it's basically okay. like a learning academy where um, I'll have uh, courses, I have one-on-one coaching sessions, I will be doing some group coaching sessions as well, and I will have a, a, a abundance of information, um, digital downloads that you can have access to if you're a part of the membership site. Um, also on my website as mystablewealth.com, there will be digital downloads available for purchase. Um, also, I'll be having those self-paced courses, live courses, classroom courses where I teach you on um, a lot of different topics about um, wealth building. Everything wealth building, finances um, will be a part of Invested Minds where we um, want to teach our community. I want to teach the community to be responsible decision-making with um, their credit, their finances, building that generational wealth, and just 
being stable, stabilize your well, stabilize your mind. And that's what we need to, um, to stay positive and keep moving forward. So I have a question for those of you that don't know, or, you know, like for instance, our Twitch viewers or YouTube viewers, they're not on our Facebook as often, things like that. What is the best ways to get a hold of you to start talking about these things? Yes, you can, um, I am available, let me grab, um, I am available on, you can go out to my website. I do have a website, mystablewealth.com. Um, you can send, there's a contact us on the website. If you send me a message, you can send me an email, um, info at mystablewealth.com. Okay. You can also call me. You can call me or text me at 803-856-8141, and i answer your questions. And also, I'm available to set up one-on-one sessions as well. And if you have questions, if you want to have questions, want to talk about wells, you want to do, I do free consultations. I also um, offer my services if you want to talk about life insurance plans, retirement plans, get educated on that, or you want to purchase a policy. It gets uh, set up with a policy. Um, Talk to me about that. I don't charge to talk to you about any of my services that I offer. I don't charge. Um, If you want to have a conversation or want to learn more information about the services or the policies that you can get to help establish that um, wealth, generational wealth, or any set up for retirement as well, um, I don't charge for any of that, and I can schedule a time. We can do it all virtually. I do all, my, uh, all of my appointments virtually or on the phone, um, on the phone or virtual over, like, Zoom or Google Meets. But, um, yeah, so you can reach me on my website or the phone and number. guys, when we post um, that everything's been uploaded, I will make sure that her contact info is also uploaded across the board also. So. Right. If all else fails, I'll make sure that you can get that directly from Yin Yang, the podcast page, so you can reach out to Sheena about these things. Is there yes. any last things you want to add, Sheena? Yes, I do. I want y'all to come shout me out. Follow me on Facebook. I um on Facebook. My Stable Wealth is on Facebook. Go out there and follow my page um, at um, Stable Wealth Services. It's on Facebook. I just launched um, My Stable wealth services on instagram as well but if you go out to social media i know you can the podcast i'll post all the, the links so you can follow me on social media as well and also you'll see that i just launched i'm launching this month a group uh, a facebook group where you can go and learn i will be dropping tips um tricks about savings budgeting um a lot of uh information so if you want to um follow the group as well the stable wealth for wealth warriors group um and that will be out on yin yang's page too the link to join the group as well so you can get all the inside track all right well if y'all run into any questions i just did a double check on all the chats and we didn't have any current questions um But if y'all have any questions, please reach out. If anything does come into Ying Yang's email box for Sheena, I will make sure it gets to her. If you send me a private message on my page and it's about something she can help you with, I will make sure she gets it. Um, So please don't hesitate to contact me either. I will forward it over to her immediately so she can get in touch with you. 
Um, and so until next week, um, and just so y'all know, there are going to be a couple of things that come out this week, like the watch winner. I'm going to post that tomorrow at some point. So y'all will see the watch winner get posted tomorrow and then a couple of other little updates, but watch for all of our contacts to come through tomorrow. So you can see Sheena's information everywhere. Until then, we are two people. Two opinions. Two opinions. Real talk. Real talk. talk. Y'all have a good night.